<clears throat> All right. And we're live. Thank you for tuning in to Left Jess Andersley here with Alex Patak. Hello. We're live. We're joined uh, this week by two special guests. We got uh, Mary Sella. Hi. Very funny comedian, as well as Raghav Mehta. Hey. Also another funny comedian. And uh, Two funny comedians. <laughs> this is like a... Imagine b- that. One of you is going home. <laughs> uh, it's it, This is like a brunch sort of um, episode. We're recording now on a Saturday afternoon, and... Uh, I'm a little worried about what's going to happen with my because I was at a I got a little Mexican food, all right, and mm-hmm. I I sit down at the counter, and I was like, hey, you guys have iced coffee? And they're like, oh man, we hadn't made it yet, so the guy had to make iced coffee, which took like 20 minutes. So by the time I get my torta, my potatoes, I eat them, and then the iced coffee is ready. Usually, I would drink half the iced coffee before I'm waiting for my meal, then the other half with the meal, and so that kind of you know, allows you to digest. To yeah. yeah. So I don't know when it's at, at some point, this is probably going to, it's all going to, I'm going to feel something, which will make me even, I've heard that when you have to go to the bathroom, your brain works even better because <laughs> you think, um, at an accelerated rate because you have to make decisions faster. It's like yeah. a panic mode. Yeah. yeah. For the listener, if at any point Anders sounds like he is pooping, when it's you, because he's pooping. When you said, I'm a little worried, I thought you were going to talk about the state of the world. And you're like, oh, no, my bowel movements, well, <laughs> which is legitimate. But you got to get our priorities right. You can't, how do you address the state of the world if you don't you know, have your own body? should always be everyone's number yeah. one concern. Anders' yeah. body first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ABF. I was going to ask, actually, how your bowels are doing so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I usually check in. With that, every episode. Um, this has been bowel update. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the state of the world, it ain't good. I mean, no. when has it? It's been? not. No, oh that's, man. <laughs> uh, well, depending on your perspective, um, to some people, it's getting better because we lobbed a couple. Sorry, uh, I just n- knocked Rigav on the elbow. There. Very violent. Yeah, I'm very n- violent. Expressing my um, nation's posture which is to always slap always throw things always knock people uh we threw it we lobbed a couple beautiful missiles at syria this week (laughs) a couple weeks ago right good word choice yeah and this is i just want to start with this so like this is something i keep seeing between people from people who are pro intervention iraq or excuse syria is not iraq syria is not iraq i keep hearing that over and over and over again and they're like, it's it's a spelled differently. It's a different country, and it's a different situation. All that's true. Like, yeah, we get they're not literally the same thing. <laughs> of course, they are very different politically. And stuff, but this, the principle of let's just, you know, take out a dictator and then not have any plan for what happens after, that is the same. Uh, well, and I don't think there's anything problematic about pointing that out. Um, so I wanted to, uh, we were looking at this article from one of my old favorite websites that I used to peruse when this would have been uh, live on the internet. Uh, this is from November 21st, 2003 on military.com. I used to go on there, uh, when I first got internet and read about the, the different, um, events in our nation's history. Before we go into this article in particular, why were you on military.com every day? Yeah. Well, I we just got internet, and I didn't know about all the other options. Um, like that were e there. online, which is where I was spending all of my time. What's I, what is? Oh, yeah, like entertainment. Yeah, e online. It was like the nobody's yeah. on Newgrounds. Who's on Newgrounds.com? <laughs> I was on Zanga, guys. <laughs> talking about feelings. I eventually discovered AOL chat rooms and learned a lot about. This is true. I I remember there was this uh, message board about um, th- this guy like asked he was like everyone laughs at me when i ask this question and i just want to get a serious answer okay it just don't don't mock me because i don't know and no one's going to explain it to me and I, so just please just answer my question do girls poop <laughs> <laughs> well the answer is no i hope someone told him that you're not allowed <laughs> to tell him <laughs> oh, oh no j- don't tell him <laughs> <laughs> it's all getting cut out i'll never know 
but this this article is uh very bad uh andrew shared it it's a real special gem but i have to ask before we move on to that what was like when did you ever go on military.com and then find like a a good one uh well this is kept you coming back well, I the think chicks. It's <laughs> <laughs> all the babes on there. The questions about whether or not women poop. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, female troops, uh, what, what are, do we know if they're going to need to use the latrine in they the same way? a military right? term for it. Uh, fecal discharge is notified <laughs> in both genders, uh, corporal level and below. Well, this would have been during... See, and this is something I was thinking about, too. Like, early 2000s, stuff, the war on terror, uh, Iraq... A lot of my favorite movie back then as a kid was Black Hawk Down, which was about, you know, a previous era. And oh, I know. I was a big Josh Hartnett fan. Oh, were you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we, well, he was quite the hunk. Yeah, he was. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Um, the only reason I saw he looked very good in that movie. He was. I yeah. So. I like that one. Um, but he and that, that movie was about Somalia, which was like the one arguably good thing the u.s did militarily not that it they ended up succeeding because we had to leave but it was like kind of for a good reason ish you know like it was to prevent a famine um for and more. so that was a big propaganda that and the yeah. military participated in making that movie and uh all the 11 year old boys were into it big time they were um, big, uh, black hawk fans yes but this is from november 21st 2003 it is called Iraq is not Vietnam. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, turn your head back around because the surprise is just beginning. Folks, it's not a it's not just a question of scale. Vietnam and Iraq are categorically different animals. Consider terrain. Not all of Vietnam is covered in triple canopy jungle, but much of it is, and there is no better place for insurgents to hide. Most of Iraq is arid and flat. We can track people and movement from outer space. Our satellites can read license plates. We can see in the dark and strike bunkers from hundreds of miles away. Guerrillas and terrorists can hide in cities, but they are widely despised almost everywhere. They are not fish swimming among the people to use Mao's formulation as communist revolutionaries sometimes could. They are more like a snake that eats its own tail. Perfect analogy. And then he goes Stay on down. to quote an, an Iraqi dentist who doesn't like uh, the kids <laughs> oh. doing anti-American graffiti. And he uses that as... Seems relevant. <laughs> yeah. You have to go to Iraq to find a uh, middle-aged person who does not like graffiti. Yeah. It's one of the most turbulent <laughs> areas. Um, that was... My favorite part of that was in the beginning when he was like, um, in the Vietnam War, we lost... 50 i don't have the article but it was like 50 550,000 american lives whereas since march we've only lost 400 which is like oh this war just started compared to the other one that went for a decade why would they <laughs> why would those numbers match up <laughs> uh, but and that was like one of the better points right just a hot hot pile of trash um but that was is interesting because like uh the media messed up pretty badly um with iraq obviously um, and that was all the, during the time we were kind of growing up. We, did that influence both of our guests today have worked uh, in journalism? Was that kind of part of um, your inspiration, I guess, to get into journalism, like that time period and like wanting to st like having journalists uh, kind of think about standing up to the Bush administration, et cetera? Uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, I wasn't following it closely in high school, but then like, you know, I got older. And I started, like, working for, like, the school paper in college. And I was reading, like, a lot of Matt TB. This was, like, 07, 08. And, like, watching a daily show and all the, you know, hacky college stuff you would do. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to change the world. And I did. So, and it was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Thank you done. for your service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Mary, what, what no. was your... <laughs> no? I never wanted to be a journalist. I just, uh, I don't know. I just ended up getting a job at CNN. Were you a wonk at one point? What's a wonk? A no, policy know. nerd. What does wonk stand for, though? I've wondered this every time I've heard that word. Um, wonders... 
<laughs> it's a Muppet, actually. Yeah. It's, it's the one of the redacted Were you a Muppet, Mary? <laughs> Wonderful objective news commentary with a K. With a K. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like Mortal Kombat style. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know what you're talking about. Well, what did you do for CNN? By the time I left, I was a producer. But when I, I just wanted to work in TV, so I like got an entry-level job there. And then I was just like, oh, sure, this is fun. And then I, you know, kind of got into journalism, but not really. Did they put you on air ever, though? I was on air once to talk about a blind man who fell onto the subway tracks and his dog jumped in after him and saved him. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I covered. I was not on. That's incredible. I mean, my first like year or two, I kind of worked at, like CNN International and, and, and CNN a little bit. But then I was like straight up child abductions, female murderers, celebrity, Lindsay Lohan. You're like Nancy Grace. Yeah, I worked for Nancy Grace. You're Nancy Grace. I'm <laughs> Nancy Grace. No, please never say that to me. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> anyway, uh, long way of saying no. Um, I never wanted to be like, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a journalist and save the world. I was like, mm, I want to work in TV. Mm-hmm. You told yourself, I don't have what it takes to be one of the regards of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. My my mom like wanted me to be a journalist, but I, that's not why I did it at all. I I'm just, now picturing anybody talking about this, being like, "Oh, you're gonna be the next regard, huh? You're gonna go out there and really twist things around. You go work for Nancy Grace, like the shrew you are." Yeah. What much. did you want to go into in TV? Ultimately, I mean, I wanted to be in comedy. Oh, okay. So that was like my very long <laughs> roundabout way of doing that. And then I thought Nancy Grace was funny, which is why I wanted to work for her. If nothing else, she is that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, uh, it, was she funnier in person? Yeah, but she was also meaner. Mm-hmm. But she was very funny. I never thought she was funny. She always seems like uh, on the verge of a breakdown. Yeah, that's what's funny about her. She would like scream and it would be funny. But then when she was just yelling at me all the time, it wasn't that funny anymore. She reminded me of like Catholic school teachers who've been like in a young grade for too long where they've just lost touch with just how to handle situations and are like throwing things. (laughs) Yeah. In a very PTSD-esque way. I don't like it. I don't like it, you guys. I don't like it either. So what was her lowest low, would you say, working for? Um, Well... Um, probably the, well, she, you know, she used to like comment on my outfits and tell me I was going to be alone forever. And, um, once she asked, oh, what? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Once she asked if I was going to an orgy after work, I don't know if any of this is libelous, but it's true. <laughs> and probably the worst day was remember, um, balloon boy. Yeah. Remember yeah, that yeah, yeah. thing? That day, I remember they kept changing the story right before the show. And I was like the only person in the office. Because the way the, sh- the show was like split between New York and Atlanta. And I was like the only person in Atlanta that day. And they kept changing the story. And then I ended up printing out the wrong script because I didn't know it had changed again. And like I almost got fired for that. And I just like ended the day in my office crying alone with oh. no help. Uh. <laughs> and like five different people yelled at me because I printed the wrong script. And then I immediately went back upstairs and printed different scripts. Alone. And just like Nancy fine. predicted. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of stuff like that i remember that story being one of those things where it's like okay this is kind of interesting i guess but is this really like need to be live breaking up to the moment like we need the you know like it it seems like one of those things that like maybe mention in retrospect for a couple of minutes right and it was live on air all day everyone was going nuts but at that point right before the show they'd kind of figured out that it was a hoax Mm -hmm. so then we were like oh we're not gonna do it and then we're like well it's more interesting if it was a hoax so that's why it was like wavering so the dad had some like set it up or something right yeah the dad like wanted to be a reality tv star oh of course um I think your mic might be. It's probably the headphones. No, no, no. I think it's the shit. Um, there we go. There is a switch, but I yeah, yeah. Now you're on. good. Okay. Oh, cool. we're good. Uh, yeah. Balloon boy, bad hoax with uh, Casey. Were you there during Casey Anthony? The whole thing. It was my life for a long time. Jeez. I lived Casey Anthony. What are you for <laughs> or against? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, she'd kill. I, I don't know. 
I, I like uh, against, but now I like weirdly mm. s- support her. I don't know. I read her article where she was like, I just like taking pictures of squirrels now. And I was like, well, good for you, Casey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like George Bush. Yeah. Instead yeah. of right. instead of world leaders and squirrels, they yeah. should both pre- share a cell and do some great art. I'm oh. sure that would be <laughs> that'd be a hell of a web series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think a lot of this stuff kind of um, got started a lot with uh, the OJ trial, right? With this sort of like this focus on uh, like celebrity, the, the, uh, a celebrity criminal almost. Yeah. Not that there weren't any before, but he was you know both, um, and then they had cameras in the courtroom which was like they thought was going to be real educational for the people um i guess it was <laughs> right i guess so but yeah it was like you know just on tv all day every day for months and months yeah i don't think the problem is any specific event so much as the fact that they have to fill airtime 24 hours a day yeah that's why i can't watch tv news is because when they don't have yeah. anything to say they will keep talking as if they do have something to say. And so you just get these like pundits on air who are just filling time just like, uh, here at the car crash, we've been looking at the cars. They do go forward. They're um, <laughs> forward moving cars. And that's where a lot of the problems come in here. Uh, we have a car expert who's been uh, running match cars out of his garage for 50 years. Cars are going to go forward. Cars are going forward. And see, it all comes down to this. And then like, one time in an hour, you'll get some kind of update on whatever story it is. But it's just not a good way to be learning news. No. Uh, it's entertainment. One, one rule we had at CNN, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but there's an, a rule. If there is a car chase, it goes live. <laughs> 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 they will interrupt anything to air a car chase. And it's so fun to watch. It actually, they're really fun to watch. Pedophile car chase going down the uh-huh. <laughs> It's like the one thing they don't want to air but will because it's a car chase. Yeah, which is another thing that probably stems from OJ because of the yeah. Bronco. Right. Oh, that that does seem directly OJ related. Yeah, yeah. So much of it is. <laughs> like so, some one channel was just like, we're not going to air this. It's been kicking themselves every day since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been. Well, yeah, I guess there are a lot of car chases, but that was a fucking epic one. Yeah. Shout out uh, to OJ. You did it, man. <laughs> yeah. What up, OJ? He's a yeah. listener. He's got nothing else to do. You know? Free yeah. Jay. Uh, he's going to be free soon, he's right? He's just Jay to me. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, right? He's yeah, up maybe. for parole. Um, I was writing a uh, silly comedy article thing about OJ that was like OJ covering the election, but referring to everything back to how he is OJ. So he's like, well, if you're not sure who to vote for this election, remember that I ran the most consecutive touchdowns and (laughs) and it went on forever. But like the things he's in jail for now are like aggravated assault and armed robbery (laughs) by this point. It's totally unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they really threw the book at him because the, what he did this time wasn't, you know, that bad. Uh, he, what? I think he still did armed robbery. He did, well, yeah. But, yeah, but who hasn't robbed somebody? Stuff. It was his stuff that he was getting back. But like with Man. a gun and stuff. Yeah, his he's friend like... had a gun. His friend had a gun. OJ did not have a gun. <laughs> this is one of those OJ truthers <laughs> podcasts. Wow. I fucking knew it. I did cover that trial, and you remember more oh, yeah? than I do, yeah. I just well, I watched the the doc about it. Well, what was that like with uh, all those? I'm sure there were a lot of people who were there for the first trial, right? Yeah. The person I worked for at that point was Jane Velez Mitchell, and she like that was one of the things that she uh, helped her make a name for herself. And she was a local reporter in L.A. Wow. She covered O.J. What did she do after that? She was a local reporter in L.A. for a really long time, and she covered O.J. and Michael Jackson, and then she was at, just at KTLA forever, and then she ended up at, at CNN at HLN. Doing mm. the did was there a feeling among people like her that's like okay this time we're gonna get him we're gonna take him down yeah I think everyone felt that way <laughs> I think everyone in America kind of felt that way right it wasn't yeah. as split yeah. as the first one <laughs> right yeah the first one yeah that's one of those where it's like if that happened today you know that would be a, a type of thing I would kind of take a hands off approach to you know right like because there was so much racial tension in los angeles and not that there isn't anymore but like uh that was very meaningful for a lot of people that he was uh not guilty or or ruled not guilty you know and ultimately he's one guy and like if that gets you through the day that's fine you know but uh but he definitely did he also for sure killed two people (laughs) right yeah it's a judgment it's it's how 
woke can you it's like you know you reach a certain level of woke and then it's like you're even less woke <laughs> because yeah uh but anyway wait so to clarify mary you didn't do any kind of war or politics coverage at all and did, did you see any of that working there oh yeah for sure it's been the same building did yeah, you like yeah. hang out with those people farid yeah. oh I, I worked down the hallway from farid big Is up he a diva? farid he, you know, he never held the door for me ever. He used to like basically oh. let it slam in my face. Not even That's my problem. Yeah, I was me. surrounded by people covering politics and international news, and we did it every once in a while, but always from like a weird angle. Um, what was the angle like? The like Saudi what are dogs doing in Iraq? <laughs> <laughs> How are the dogs Basically, taking this? We did a lot of stray dogs in Detroit stories. Like a lot. Oh, that's great. There are 50,000 stray dogs in Detroit. Seriously? Yeah, I love those stories. Shit. Well, the thing wow. about these dogs is they used to do bad things, but now they just paint squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that uh, so what kind of lens? So you did the dogs in Detroit. Um, did you do like sort of the um, gossip angle of like, dignitaries foreign leaders and stuff like oh yeah like who's banging uh, who yeah yeah if someone like spitzer we covered that forever if there was ah. any sex scandal mm. involving a politician we were all over it for months mm. it's so frustrating that these uh media networks that are essentially controversy generating machines all only really fall in line with the thing that happened this week which is a new war starting and then yeah. everyone at once is like Oh fuck yeah! And then right. that's the, like the baseline. Da, da 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 Fuck yeah! Totally. But something like this, like we probably would have covered it for one day. Like, oh my god, a war is starting, and then gotten the ratings the next day and seen that it tanked right. and been like, never again. Real downer. <laughs> that's what we used to do. We used to like cover politics or like uh you know horrible international tragedies for one day, and it wouldn't rate well. And we go back to murder. Throw some <laughs> dogs in there. Yeah. And what, were you there? Um, Bef- after Trump declared his his candidacy, no, I do declare. Thankfully, no. I left like two and a half years ago, so okay. I have been out of out of it. You but missed you a good one. <laughs> yeah. Thank God, I missed it. Luckily, instead, you were at comedy open mics in New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting the best alternative news where no one says anything stupid ever. <laughs> True. But that was. But you were probably there for like the birther thing and like. His whole, I mean, everything he said before, even before running, would get attention. About. Yeah, we didn't do a lot of Trump stories, but I remember, you know, he was always making headlines. He's a he's a winner. Yeah, there's no way around it. The ratings, if nothing Face else. Um, so you worked for our one of my favorite papers. The Star Tribune, Minneapolis Star Tribune, right? Military.com. I, yeah, I was, I was the guy who wrote that Military.com article. It was literally written by a 12-year-old. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I worked for the Star Tribune. I, like, I, that was when I was, like, an arts journalist because, like, I started writing for, like, a call because I had done, like, editorial stuff early on in, like, uh, in college uh, where I was just like Bush is bad or like something boring like that <laughs> and um, and then like uh, then I got hired on to the newsroom for the Minnesota Daily which was the U- University of Minnesota student paper mm-hmm. which was like a very well respected paper they had won like pacemakers and stuff and uh, not actual pacemakers that's a journalism award uh, but wait, yeah yeah pa- I was confused what is to, like you keep pace it's, it's just the, like the, the Pulitzer it's like the Pulitzer of uh but like is, what is it named after? Like uh, a guy named Pace, or it's like you? You after you're working in journalism for so long, your heart gets very weak. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of you actually winning a pacemaker, but then you have <laughs> yeah, to have yeah. it. You have to have it. Like Do you want this? Your this I got three pacemakers. Yeah, so I uh, I like worked on like several beats, and I eventually worked on like city government and politics. I uh, one time my coworker and I had to cover a Bachman Sarah Palin rally, a Michelle Bachman and Sarah Palin rally. Uh, great, great billing, great double headliners, yeah. uh, and that was like so. 
the editors, like a lot of the editors there, I mean, granted they were young people, uh, but they were like so tone deaf about stuff. So they were like, my friend was assigned to cover the speeches and I was assigned to talk to the audience members. Like, yeah, have the brown guy talk to all the potentially bigoted audience members. So I like went around like talking, like some people were okay. uh, But like, I remember standing, like taking notes and someone came up to me and they're like, are you a Republican? And I'm like, no. And like, How'd they spot you? Yeah, yeah. I was wearing <laughs> so sunglasses weird. and like smoking a cigarette. Uh, no, but uh, and then I'm like, no, I'm a I'm I'm a reporter. And she's like, that's what I thought. And I'm like, okay, I should not be here. I'm gonna get killed. So I would do like uh, dumb shit. Like it was just like boring horse race stuff. Where it's just like, what are we doing? We're just like being stenographers where these people are just outwardly lying about everything and we're just like michelle says well bachman says this is it true we don't like it just that like very uh like tepid uh passive like objective reporting that like right. only really serves people in power which was like a huge like point of contention with me and like some of my bosses because i'd be like this is we shouldn't run this this is dumb or like and eventually they fired me from that beat they oh, yeah. were like you're they didn't say this to my face but like you're too editorial they said it over the phone you're too editorial for the newsroom so then i became an arts reporter uh for a summer and then they hired me back to do like cover the cops beat and like u of m fraternities where i like exposed some frat for like covering up sexual assaults and then i and then i was taking up like way too much of my time and then at that point like my editors like apologized to me like yeah sorry for firing you and uh and then i was taking up way too much of my time like i don't want to do this and i just quit hard news altogether and just like wrote about music for three years which is a nightmare in and of itself that's so cool what? what a, that I got fired? You got fired and they brought you back and apologized? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. fired all the time. That's never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not in any of them. Uh, I'm just jealous, I guess, now. You can do it too, man. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, so then I just like became an arts reporter and we I like ran a political blog for a while and just fucked around and I just like... I don't know. I just got really jaded about journalism and then I stopped doing it and now I'm doing comedy and here I am. And you're not jaded at all. It sure. all paid off. You can't be. <laughs> you uh, can't be jaded and funny. Yeah. That's the rule. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one time I trolled Andrew Breitbart on Twitter and like, uh, well, cause I had like a, a political blog. This was like 2011 and Andrew Breitbart, uh, Breitbart news. This was like before Breitbart was this like alt right. This is right before he croaked, right? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, it was still, away, yeah, it was still fucked Frog. up. Yeah, right. Respect him. It was still like a <laughs> fucked up site. And, uh, but like, I would like, I'd follow this guy's like Twitter uh, every night, and he would just like tweet into like to, to like three a.m. at like random liberal people, and he just like. Like and then he'd like uh, set up these like coordinated harassment campaigns against them, like pundits and like journalists, and it was just crazy. I'm like, this guy is a fucking madman. He's clearly on cocaine. And so one day I like wrote a blog, like basically dissecting his Twitter feed, and I I was going to class and I'm like, I'm gonna publish this, tag him in it. He's gonna retweet it, and then all of his followers are gonna like harass me. I know that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna fucking prove my point. And so I, like, published it. I turned off my phone, went to, like, my gender studies class because I'm a great guy or whatever. And uh, and then uh, and then I turned on my phone afterward, and I had 200 uh, emails from Twitter of, like, just people just, like, saying the worst shit to me. <laughs> like, uh, you should be dead. You're, like, a terrorist. Like, everything. Yeah. Oh, man. And then Andrew Barbar died a year later. You uh, killed I Andrew killed him. Right yeah. Now. I'm you here to say that. The yeah. only old person who knew how to use Twitter. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it is super weird to watch how his, like, ghost almost has, like, morphed into this new... Because he was never that, like, ideological really mm-hmm. like he was just kind of i mean he you know exposed anthony weiner's weiner and mm-hmm. uh all, that whole thing which probably big at cn were you working during that thing oh yeah yeah we covered it oh, yeah. we covered uh, uh yeah all 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 of his scandals well at first did that seem like because he you know breitbart was seen as a kook kind of and then that was the thing that kind of gave him a little legitimacy right I think so, yeah. So I, mean, I don't really remember that aspect of it. I we thought remember. this guy was off, but if he knows other people are showing their penis, he must have <laughs> some good points. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, well, it was, yeah, it was, and, and when he would do all that, like, like, he would just say this shit that was, like, clearly, like, he would complain about the media not giving enough attention to Jeremiah Wright, which was, like, yeah. all there was on TV for, you know, a f- few months in 2008 or whatever. Uh, and, like, how Acorn was a terrorist organization yeah, yeah. or some shit. All these conspiracies that weren't, uh, okay, low bandwidth, we're good. Um <laughs> my headphones as well that like weren't like that strewn together in this sort of ideological way that they are now you know now Breitbart's are very much has its like set out it's, way it's of, like a freestyle of uh, crazy ideas yeah unless of a hard line right yeah um he's an improviser yeah. And improv- yeah, it's like a Del Close style uh, right wing <laughs> you know I wonder what he would think of his own creation now Yes, and racism. <laughs> uh, he'd probably like it, right? Yeah. It know. has his name on it, and that's <laughs> probably really as far as it goes. It could yeah. be anything after that. Uh, Everyone, the president reads a website that is his name every day and then uh, attacks Saturday Night Live in over the internet. And that's a beautiful legacy I'm sure he would love to have. Hmm. Uh, well, so when you were at Star Tribune, I mean, I know that's something that really, well, uh, frustrates me with, uh, media. Um, well, I guess this wasn't Star Tribune. This was the other paper, but, uh, yeah, the daily, but then I had like, I'd intern for like the NPR affiliate in Minnesota. Like that's where I did like, oh, my old man used to work there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's where I did like real, like real political reporting. And that was like a lot of like data collection where I was like covering midterms and stuff. Um, and it was really boring. Right. And that's what I hate about this like obsession with quote unquote objectivity. Yeah. Which like, there's no journalist who's objective. No. Uh, Cause like even like, even the sources you decide to talk to, I mean, maybe you could argue that you're, you know, working according to like your journalistic ethics or whatever you were taught. Uh, but like your perspective is influenced by your own life. Like right. you're, no one can be truly objective. Like you can try to be fair, but it's like when you're covering, like, especially when you're covering like very powerful people, especially in times of war, it's like, they're not playing on an even playing field. Like with, so if you're going to be neutral like that, you're just serving them. Anybody with their own PR firm, very hard to cover objectively. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's get both sides of this. Uh, this man shot a dog in the face. Uh, a lot of negative press on that. And <laughs> his team says, uh, it was actually a heroic deed. So. And yeah, the dog was a terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think there's a big difference between being objective and reporting facts. Yeah. And those two things get confused. And the important one is reporting facts, which a lot of news outlets uh, don't necessarily do. Right. Well, but it does seem like even if you're reporting facts, the way that you arrange them and present them to people uh, is always going to be in a subjective way. Definitely. Uh, it's the curation but I don't of the facts. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing because it's unavoidable. Right, right. And that's why it's like, you know, the journalists I take seriously are upfront about their um, biases, you know, instead of just being like, well, I'm, you know, above it all. Brian Williams, who loves to uh, say that he's not, doesn't War take any veteran sides. Brian Williams. Yeah, yeah, war veteran. He'll that's lie the about war hero. That's the new sex scandal. Is he fucked a tomahawk missile? <laughs> <laughs> he would, man. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's it's like you're you can they say that, good. and then you can lie about, um, uh, like being on a helicopter in Iraq, but like, don't say who you voted for. Don't like you know be upfront that you have an opinion about things that are happening in the country you live in and that you have to live with you know just i mean even on paper how absurd is it to be telling everyone you don't have an opinion on anything yeah all of the time especially if you're someone who's getting as much press time as brian williams (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's crazy especially because i feel like most cable news anchors now their opinion is is their whole thing you know? Right, mm. that's, that's true. The whole appeal. Most of them are so opinionated. I mean, there are people who just want to get on television and espouse their opinions, and that's why they have a following. 
I mean, that's basically what cable news is now. And there are the few who remain objective or claim to remain objective, but there are very few now. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of their opinions are bad, and so that's why I uh, still don't like them either. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's journalism that's, like, still uh, has a lot of objective facts within it and, like, you know, is rigorous about fact-checking things and is still, like yeah, this is, we're taking a side, we're, like, advocating a certain position, and this is all the data we have to to back that up. Uh, this is a bit of an update. I have now officially looked up the word wonk <laughs> because I feel it's incredibly relevant to our conversation. What is it? Uh, very disappointed it is not an anagram. So it's not, like, working overnight night or whatever uh, <laughs> working overnight knowledge <laughs> working overnight knowledge i did have to work overnights it's it just awful. anyone who's like thinks they're an expert in something so yeah you know, well, yeah of, like, but what's, we knew laws. that but what's oh, the etymology okay. it says 1920s of unknown origin uh. you know where we should look urban dictionary they'll have an answer smart i'm sure uh, this says the computer <laughs> no, nothing more to look into there. Uh, look um, out for these people. But back to what you were saying, I I don't consider cable news journalism. Right, it's no. just television. Yeah, yeah. It's all ratings driven. It's just sen- sensationalism. And even somewhere like CNN, where they really do, I mean, a lot of people who work there are journalists, I think, and do the best they can to kind of deliver the facts. But it's just television. Right. Yeah. Like I have a friend who writes for CNN Money. And he does really good journalism. Like, he's a smart guy, but he just gets buried under all the bullshit. <laughs> like, but then yeah. it's eaten by a corporate machine. Yeah, with exactly. No face. Right. Well, I was just watching last night um, the, uh, the interview John Stewart did with Jim Cramer. I don't know. I came home drunk and I was like, this is what I <laughs> yeah. want to yeah. watch right now. Show, uh, get him, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> But do you remember that this is like right yeah, after the, the CNBC stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right after the financial crisis in 08, he had Jim Cramer host a Mad Money on who uh, was the guy. I don't know if this, the show is still on, but do you remember? Did you ever work with him at all, Jim Cramer? No. Well, that was CN. That was a different network. Yeah. Sorry. CN. I think, a, you know, CN. CN I think he's still on. on. Yeah. He's still. Yeah. And he rolls up his sleeves to like his. So shoulders louder right yeah. <laughs> he should just do cutoffs honestly he should just do cutoff button-down shirts that would be uh, cool. yeah but he's just like <laughs> just replace him with mac from it's always sunny in philadelphia they have the exact same job that they could he could do that job i mean because he's an entertainer but it's also like uh a step beyond that he's also like giving people bad tips that align with what the sponsors of cnbc want you know, mm-hmm. so it's like it is there is the aspect that it's sensationalism, too. But it's there's also like an agenda that the people who are. Um, oh, for sure. You're always serving in television. You're always serving the advertiser. Yeah. Jim, though, you know, to his defense, has the fallback of he's mad. <laughs> you know, if you're taking this guy's advice, he's just screaming at you in a room full of TVs that are flashing different colors. If you're taking that guy's advice and putting money behind it, how mad can you be when uh, the stock in space yachts dries up? <laughs> Whatever it was. You know, when I started at CNN, Glenn Beck was still there. Oh, he's headline news. Headline news. And he left to start The Blaze, and his staff transferred over to the show I worked for. So I ended up working with his whole staff. Wow. Were they? He went off to do The Blaze and went down the rabbit hole. They all actually loved him. They said he was a great guy. He seems nice, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they were all like, now, I mean, he's (laughs) crazy. Obviously, (laughs) what he's doing now is completely insane. But he was apparently wonderful to work for. Oh, yeah, but you can be crazy and then on a personal level, totally fine. Yeah, Yeah. but usually with cable news anchors, it's not. No, they're yeah. usually <laughs> just like remembering these people are entertainers first and foremost. Like they're they're doing. I mean, like I know John Stewart said this to like Tucker Carlson or whatever. Like they're doing theater. That's what they're into. Right. Well, that that I mean, with John Stewart, he would always say like, "Hey, I'm not a journalist. Sometimes I uh, tell you to, to be a better journalist, but I'm you know I'm a comedian, so don't hold me accountable for that." Uh, which kind of seems, in retrospect, like like especially with the Jim Cramer interview, that is journalism, actually. 
Yeah. You know? Well, that's why everyone liked him because he didn't have the expectation of being, uh, you know, matter of fact and perfect. And he sometimes did good journalism. Whereas the journalists were supposed to do good journalism. And then instead we're just bad entertainers. Right. So well, it's a, a it was almost a meta of, uh, bit that yeah, yeah yeah he was like he was trolling them by doing a better job of journalism than just as a joke. What happened just, in the like, Jim show. Cramer interview? Uh, so he had Jim Cramer on after the financial crisis, and like he basically went through and he showed all these clips of him like talking about um, doing illegal things involving trading and like stuff that was like technically legal but really unethical and just like how he gives bad tips and like does and like advised a lot of people leading up to the financial crisis to do uh to invest in you know firms and companies that like you know mortgage the mortgage bubble right Mm -hmm. uh and like he could have he could have seen that coming like that at the time they're all like well nobody could predict this Mm -hmm. but uh like yeah a lot of people were actually and you should have been on this and his critique was that like cnbc could be like a watchdog network that like actually uh helped consumers like navigate the market um but does he take it well in the interview um not so i mean he he kind of cowers you know he kind of like like concedes everything and then of course just like with Tucker Carlson, like a few months, years later, he's like, John Stewart's a bully and he uh, <laughs> singled me out and, uh, you know, he's made for YouTube. Um. Being mean to celebrities <laughs> is one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. yeah. That's what they teach you in school. That's what the Nevada court should have known, you know? Don't be mean to OJ. Don't put him in jail. <laughs> yeah. uh, and like... Uh, I mean, beyond, like, cable news, like, even, like, newspapers, especially right now, like, kind of, like, especially in times of, like, war and stuff, just fucking, like, in unison, just, like, have to rally, like, all these fucking assholes who are, like, calling Trump presidential, and he's, like, you know, making decisions from his heart now. Like, uh, there's one, so, like, I pulled up a quote, uh, like like the New Yorker, like David Remnick, I th- in 2003, he wrote an article that was like the moral imperative for the Iraq war. And then like they just published another thing that was like the case for Syria. Like th- like these people don't want to seem unpatriotic or like they like kind of worship these institutions and like for some reason trust them. But like this is the this is what uh, New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristof wrote after the serious strikes who's like by the way like heralded is like this humanitarian hero and he's like the uh yeah. the yeah the the airstrikes were of dubious uh legality they were hypocritical they were impulsive they may have had political motivations and they create new risks for the u.s but most of all they were right wow yeah insane on a surface level, he's just going back to the hits. Yeah. What else can you expect him to do? Just, this is all he knows. There's good misdirection there on his part, too. Like the Iraq call, sure, years later, made him look like quite the buffoon. But oh, at the yeah. time, I'm sure people were like, well, this is really you know, devil's <laughs> take on the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what's so annoying about, like, okay, if you say, hey, wait a minute, we've done that. Like, look at history. This hasn't gone well. Uh, they always say, well, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's like, well, when has this ever worked? How? When has just like, you know, bombing a country indiscriminately and then just like taking out the government and just being like, well, I don't know. It's your job now to fix <laughs> we it. We did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like when has that <laughs> ever gone well? Um, the, the specific issue with uh, Syria, right, is that it's been in a civil war for years and America has been funding both sides of it at different points so yeah now bombing the government faction of it that we're not technically at war with is just like contradicting yourself and confusing and the what's so infuriating this week about it is not the airstrike itself which is bad but it's everyone lining up and getting excited about it again Mm -hmm. just because it's something to do with these giant fucking missiles we have in our garage for years yeah each one of those is like a million dollars Jeez. each tomahawk missile that's crazy i think it's funny how like trump all of a sudden decided to be outraged about this like he's like um 
he's like uh you're like kind of out of touch like aunt on facebook who like just found out about coney because like her co-worker <laughs> like sent her a meme and she's like we gotta do something <laughs> this guy's out of control like he's he's gonna watch yeah he's gonna watch uh like invictus which is that nelson mandela movie and she's like we gotta get nelson mandela out of prison <laughs> as a recent viewer of hotel rwanda i have quite a strong stance <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, Rwanda, there's what they always point to. It's like, well, we could have, if we had, you know, uh, shot 13 Tomahawk missiles into. If we had blown up all of Rwanda, (laughs) then the whole problem would have been solved. (laughs) Who knows? Just attack their government directly. Right. But that is something to, it's like I, uh, before the, before the attack, uh, before Trump sent the missiles, I was like, I had an open mic and somebody was complaining about. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, who is a congresswoman yeah. from Hawaii, obviously she does have a lot of problems with, you know, um, some of her political connections. Uh, Veteran congress member, Tulsi yeah, Gabbard. You're right, but she's, you know, she's talked to Hindu supremacists and stuff. Anyway, she's, she, like, was refusing to state definitively that it was Assad who uh, was behind the chemical attack. And uh, I was talking to someone who was just like, like complaining just like talking about how she's the worst because um she didn't want to say that yeah we know it's Assad and that's something too like especially after the election uh if you say like gee you know I kind of want a little evidence that Putin was behind WikiLeaks or like any just evidence for any of this stuff uh that that's a that's a controversial statement to just say like well gee I don't know who are you know, you to step in from my mouth frothing. Right, and that's why I didn't say <laughs> anything. In the middle of something, and that's what I've started to do is to just like you know take a step back and zip it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, chilling out. It's easy, man. We might just all be fucked in a nuclear hellfire. Right. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, is that the right? St- what do you think when somebody is like? Um, repeating slightly propagandistic uh, takes on the foreign policy situation. Like, is it, you know, a, a smart thing to just, like, zip your lid? Or should you, um, as a good progressive person, be like, well, you know what? You're wrong. You know, and, like, start a big scene. Depends on the and, context. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it depends on the context and the person. Right. If they just seem misinformed, then you should can definitely say something but if they seem kind of vehement about it then you should just let it be mm-hmm. yeah and like a lot of democrats don't want to take ownership for losing the election for a variety of reasons but like even if like russia interfered or like communicated with the trump campaign it's like well they didn't get 60 million people to vote for trump like i feel like we're letting america off the hook way too easily yeah. by blaming it on russia Right. I think it would be a, like a travesty if um, Hillary Clinton didn't win by a landslide. Like the fact that she didn't win by a landslide to a mentally deranged reality show star. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you win by anything less than like 10 points, like what the fuck? Yeah. Know? Like when people were uh, when after the election is like, oh, she won by three million votes. She won popular. Like, yeah. Fucking of course. Against that guy. <laughs> you should want win by nothing less than three million yeah. votes. It should just be him and his family getting a total <laughs> of seven votes. <laughs> and everyone else throwing them into a well. That's right. I remember on election day. Uh, people were like heckling Trump as he went into the polling place, yes, and yes, like he was checking his his wife's oh yeah ballot. I remember that. And, I yeah, know. very memeable content. <laughs> we're all like, oh ha ha ha. We were so innocent, so young. <laughs> well, something that we talked about on a previous episode with a guest is like after the election, especially there's this statistic that everybody knows. And she pointed out that it's it's noteworthy that we know the statistic that 53 percent of white women voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you think that's kind of become like a new sort of like it's almost like there's, there seems like a lot of nasty rhetoric now towards uh white women in a way that's kind of not that 
productive and might kind of like also play into misogyny but it's like a it's a big media trope now you know it's a big narrative that um people are are latching on to yeah i mean i know i know what you mean and it is kind of a shame but i also don't i don't know i feel like it's it's worth talking about for yeah. sure because I do think there's this, you know, internalized misogyny. And that's I, I think people are talking about it. I like that people are talking about it, but I don't think they're talking about the right things. Is It's more like, uh-huh. look at these dumb bitches when it's like, well, you know, why? Why do women hate themselves <laughs> <laughs> and other women? That's what we should be investigating. Yeah. Why do people vote against their own best interests? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We shouldn't be hating women when we should all be together hating Nancy Grace. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. We should yeah. be hating one woman. We should be gracious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Um, we should wrap up in a few minutes because it's past three and they're going to kick us out at any moment. Okay. Uh, you guys, what's going on in your lives? You got any plugs? You got any cool things? Uh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter. ACLU official at ACLU official. Uh, add me on Facebook. I'm, I feel like I'm more on Facebook. And then uh, be sure to donate to Regov. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, 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 and I'm ACLU official on Venmo too. So please do that. Uh, but uh, are you really? Yeah. That's so <laughs> it wasn't fucking funny. It wasn't so wasn't God. fucking taken. <laughs> so uh, yeah, do that. Definitely donate to me. Uh, other than that, uh, May fourth. I'm at Friends and Lovers for Side Ponytail. Ooh, yeah. hot show. Yeah, book me on your show, please. Book I'm very bored. Mary? <laughs> well, follow me on Twitter, Mary underscore Sella. I, I don't really uh, tweet about politics, but follow me anyway. And then my show, I have a show in bed the first Thursday of every month. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. That's, uh, what's the name of that show again? Female comedians with tits. With tits, <laughs> right? Uh, I didn't know if you'd want me to say it. Sometimes, oh sometimes no. people. Sometimes people at book me and they ask for my credit and I give them that and they don't put it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's too lewd. Well, we opened the show talking about my bowel movements. Uh, hey, how you doing? You I'm really fine it, right man. now. Actually. You did it. I'm f- yeah. All that drinking constipated me. I guess last night. Apologies to anyone who was. I don't think anyone's going to be offended with the by the with tits, but uh, that image is quite bad. But you know, it's not as bad as uh, children being killed by sarin gas. So get your priorities <laughs> yeah. straight. If That's you true. think that it's really to help you. Speaking if of you digestion, think those two things are as bad. Y- yeah. Well, I'm helping people <laughs> digest as as I talk about my own digestion. I'm helping people digest traumatic imagery that oh, they're yeah. going to be seeing on news media. Unfortunately, there's probably going to be more um, violence and gore. Uh, but uh, that actually is an interesting question to close on. Should the media show blood, guts, and gore in, in war? I think they should. Uh, yeah, I Problem think so. Solved. I yeah. think so as well. Yeah. Sick. Uh, also, thanks to everybody <laughs> who came out to paid protest last Wednesday. Anders and I are kings now. Kings of the scene. We raised lots of money for... Uh, <laughs> People's Climate March, and we're gonna do it again. We're yeah. gonna keep funding protests like uh, like every old person is afraid of. It's gonna rule. Keep your eyes out. Uh, we will accept money from from the ACLU or other organizations. Yeah, uh, find us going. on Venmo at ACLU Official and <laughs> give what you can. Uh, so that's that's a Saturday, people. Keep your keep your brunch going. Yeah. You keep this closing segment going. We keep. Thanks, yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing it, Thank guys. Thank you. Lift just. <laughs>